Welcome to View from the Top of the Goalpost. I am Diesel, joining you from Diesel's Dapper Dungeon of Delight. And I'm joined, as always, by the Dadalac with all his pop dolls behind him. Dolls, figures, whatever you want to call them. We got Chad. Hello, everyone. And yes, this week I am back down in the cave, even though it's only 50 degrees outside. So I could have done it from the patio. I decided I want to show off all my pops, as I do love them so much. And there are a whole bunch of new ones of since I've been down here last, because I have a problem, folks. I see that you have a problem. And at least, you know, the first step to solving your problems uh, is admitting that you have a problem. So oh, I'm not going to solve it. I'm just going to lean into it. I mean, that's an option as well. But uh, yeah, well. So let's let's talk about some football and uh, recap last week with our picks. Uh, last week I did not fare so well, as you can see on the board back there. I went seven and six, while Chad went ten and three. He gained three games on me this week. Uh, our overall records are: I'm seventy-two and forty-eight, and Chad is sixty-nine and fifty-one. And what about your bets? What ones did you get wrong and uh, was a push? Uh, the push was the Tampa Bay game because they only ended up winning by three. And I don't know exactly what the line was on your sheet, but it was my bonus pick anyways. But by the time the game started, it was a three-point game. Tampa only won by three, so that's a push. I lost my first pick, which was the over in the Eagles and Texans game. And it felt like they were just doing it to spite me by going for two. When the half-point hook would have saved me for once, instead, I lost that one. But both the Bears and who else did I have? It was Miami at Chicago. It was your silver. Yeah, that was the Bears. And then I got one other one right. Who else did I get right? The Seattle at Arizona. There we go. I couldn't remember what my bronze lock of the week was. But yes, so I went two, one, and one. Because Diesel doesn't count the bonus locks. But... It was still a push anyway, so I did pretty well last week. And if you just would have bet every game that I picked last week by the spreads, even the teams that I got wrong covered the spreads in most situations, and you would have won a considerable amount of money if you just would have rolled with Chad last week. Well, I will take your advice next time because there is one thing that you've been pretty dead on about this year, and that is do not take a team – the week after they play overtime and that's worked out for you pretty well this year so far i at from off the top of my head i think there's only been one team that has won the week after overtime that so, sounds right yes yeah, so uh but another thing we should discuss before we get into these games uh i was almost right about the first coach of the year being fired he was the second coach of the year i had frank Wright going I knew he was going to get fired midseason because the Colts were garbage and and Jim Irsay is an impulsive owner. So I knew this was going to happen, but I did not ever expect them to hire the Hall of Fame former Packers center Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach. Like, I know, I know he played for the Colts for like, what, 11 years or something like that. Long time. His final season with uh, the Packers, but... Uh, yeah, it was uh, – I didn't see that coming. And the funny thing is he's only coached one year in his life, and that was high school football, and he went three and six. So that's not a very good track record. And you know you're going to coach an NFL team? Um, good luck, Jeff. It's so weird. I, I get that he's like – the fans love him because he was a, you know, a longtime Colt, and he did such great things for him there for so many years. But this is the epitome of tanking, right? Hiring a man who's only coached one season of high school football to coach your NFL team. This is the epitome of them going, nah, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. We don't need to win any more games this season. You should be a college coach. I mean, his name is Saturday. So I, I tell you right there, I'm not hiring him to coach on Sunday. But, um, but it, it, it was really odd that they decided usually you promote somebody within – like your offensive defensive coordinator just basically gets moved up and you get to see what they have. So, but with uh, them going out and hiring 
Jeff Saturday, I'm rooting for the guy. Like, what a, what a great story it would be at the end of the year if somehow the Colts turned this thing around and took down the Tennessee Titans to win that division. It's still a possibility. I mean, the Colts are uh, – I don't know what the Colts are because I got their record wrong when I was doing the thing. I think they're 4-1, four, four and one, I believe. Let me look at this. Uh, well, Chad's back, and he can tell me if what he thinks their record is off the top of his head. Well, I know they tied the first game against Houston, and the only games I think they won were against the Chiefs and the Jaguars. So I think they might be 2-5-1. and one. They're 3-5-1. and one. Oh, I missed one win. Yes, I don't know why I did not update their record, so that's embarrassing. Everything else should be up to date, hopefully. I guess we'll find out as we're going through this. There yes, we will. Oh, well, I mean, might as well uh, find out and start making some picks. Are you ready to go? Oh, I was born ready to go. And sorry, folks, for any Cooper noises in the background. She's an adorable baby, but she also is a goblin at times, so... Wants to be heard. Like, Zeus used to be the one that wanted to be heard. Now Cooper needs her voice to be heard. And what a perfect outlet. We should get her a podcast on Visionaries Global Media. Diesel, you read my mind. But anyways, let's throw with picks. Um, Thursday night football. 7.15 p.m. on Thursday, because it's Thursday night football. It makes only sense that they would play that on Thursday. Even though occasionally it's on Saturday. Weird. Uh, we have the four and five Atlanta Falcons traveling to the two and seven Carolina Panthers, and four week nine started. I was really excited for this game because in week eight they had that barn burn. I can't believe they're playing so soon again. It's only been ten days or something in between. Uh, they so I was excited, but then after watching both of them play on Sunday, no, I don't. I don't know how this game's gonna go. I don't even want to pick this game. Because Atlanta, they probably they gave that game away against uh, the Chargers. They should have won that game. It would have been a game I got over Chad. Um, and Carolina, they sh- did not show up in Cincinnati. And they looked like the team we thought they were the last two weeks. But for some reason against Tampa Bay and Atlanta, they looked totally different. But, I mean, I got to go with Atlanta. But, I mean, if it turned into... Like the game that happened two weeks ago, I would not be surprised because I don't know. Baker Mayfield's back. I don't know if he's starting. I know PJ Walker got hurt, but uh, I'm going Atlanta. I think Sam Darnold's actually going to be back this week and might be starting. But I do have, I think it's, I don't have the exact set, but it's either four or five times the last times these teams have played. The road team has won every time. And, you know, I think that's the uh, – actually, no, it can't be because Carolina ended up losing that game. So that's – it was last game, the road team had won every time, and then Atlanta came back and won. I'm sticking with the old rule, though. The road team is going to win here. Carolina, once again, they're a momentum team, and Joe Mixon cut that momentum from the kneecaps immediately by going, I'm just going to score a billion times. And since uh, Cincinnati's on a bye this week, we can have a quick little sidebar about this. Because Cincinnati as a whole didn't actually look that good. Like, Joe Mixon looked amazing. The rest of that team kind of looked like garbage. I mean, Joe uh, Joe Burrow didn't really throw for that many yards. And, you know, you'd say he didn't need to. But still, it was a Joe Mixon showing. And I still don't know who the hell the Bengals are. But you are 100% right. I'm taking Atlanta in this game. I don't know who the Bengals are either. And... They do not have the same identity as they did last season. It, it just It's such a weird... They're such a weird team. With basically all of the same pieces, if not upgraded pieces, in like the spots that were weak. Like They have the entire same wide receiver core. They have the same running back. They have an upgrade at tight end. And they have a, you know apparently upgraded offensive line. They should have been primed to just dominate this year. They have a solid defense, which they didn't lose, like, anything from. So, I just, 
Yeah, I don't know. But that division is still up for grabs because there's been a few games this year where the Ravens just didn't want to win. Um, but I, I do think that the Ravens are probably the best team in that division, but we'll see what happens. You got still have the season to go. Ravens are also um, on by, but good win by them this past Monday on Monday Night Football. It yeah, wasn't always it pretty, but it was expected, yeah. You did you did your job, you did what you were supposed to do. Well, moving on, we are going to Munich, where we see the Seattle Seahawks, who are the away team, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are the home team. Uh, this game is at 8.30 on Sunday. The first time uh, an NFL game is played in Germany. Uh, I know, and it's weird because I remember back when we were kids, they had that like developmental league, the NFL Europe. Yeah. And I remember playing on Madden. I always liked to play as those teams because they had like really cool uniforms. And I never understood why they were on the game as a kid because they never like informed us like this was a thing. Yeah, the and... internet wasn't like it is nowadays, kids. We they just always threw these extra teams on there. And most times I thought they were made up as a young kid. It took me till I was a little bit older to realize, oh, these are real things. I just thought they were things like, you know, creative teams that they threw on there to just give us something to play with. Yeah, so they're playing in Munich, which is pretty cool. I'm interested to see the turnout because we know how popular the London games are. So let's see if Germany likes uh, American football just as much as they do in England. But uh, this game is weird. Oh, I forgot to tell you in the last game, uh, Atlanta was favored by three. But we both won with Atlanta. But yeah. uh, this game... And I'm not betting can't... anything on that game because oh, Thursday no. Night Football has been the bane of my existence. So I'm staying the F away from Thursday Night Football for the rest of the year. But uh, This next game, Tampa Bay is actually favored by two and a half. Remember, Seattle is six and three and Tampa Bay is four and five. Barely beat the Rams last week. The Rams made a very crucial mistake at the end of that game and they gave it the ball back to Tom Brady. It didn't matter. Like, you should know. Like, whether it's Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, like, if you don't have any timeouts, they can still get the ball down the field. Like, I bet you if Aaron Rodgers had that same scenario this season, he could probably do it again. It's just Tom Brady has a better uh, arsenal than Aaron Rodgers does as well. But uh, I digress. Um, I don't know why Tampa Bay is favored in this game. Like, Tampa Bay is trash. Like, Seattle gets no respect. Like, That's I why think they're. they're they're better than like a two and a half underdog here. Uh, I'm going with Seattle. I like Seattle. I think that they're a lot tougher team than Tampa Bay. And I don't know. Tampa Bay's offense has been atrocious this year. And just Seattle's defense has been pretty good. So I just, I don't see Tampa Bay doing anything against Seattle's defense. And Geno Smith is going to be lighting it up as he has been because he has two of the best receivers in the league. And I think uh, Lockett is not talked about enough because he plays with DK Metcalf. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle. Yes, I. everything you have just said is completely right. I called it last week that Tom Brady could have a few more swan song games where he looks like Tom Brady of old. And for 90% of that game, he did not look like Tom Brady of old. But he turned it on for that final drive when he needed to. And don't get me wrong, those receivers are not doing Tom Brady any favors. They are dropping some wide open passes left and right, and I they've just given up on him. I don't understand how you don't have Seattle in this game. If you do, this right here, folks, is the first and the golden lock of the week. I wish I could remember how to say it in German, because I would, because I took German in high school, but I don't right now. So whatever. Golden lock of the week. Take Seattle with the points. Plus two and a half? Come on. Tampa Bay hasn't been able to play offense all year. Yes, their defense has been solid, but against good offenses, they've sputtered. And this is actually a good offense. Kenneth Walker, the third at running back. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to start the year, but they have found lightning in a bottle. And then you do got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the outside. Tyler Lockett has been doing it consistently now for what seems like a decade, and no one talks about him enough. He was great for Russell Wilson. He's been great for Geno Smith. And DK Metcalf is just, he's like the LeBron James of football. He is 
just a freak of nature athlete. And I don't know how he even played last week, and he still played great. By that injury he had, he shouldn't have been out there. He still didn't, you know, light it up, but he was good. So, yeah, I got Seattle. I I understand that Tom Brady in kind of a primetime-ish game coming to Munich for the first time, maybe that's why they're thinking Tom Brady will get up for it. But I got Pete Carroll coming for revenge against Tom Brady. I know it's not the Patriots themselves, but Tom Brady and Pete Carroll, I guarantee, are not friends. So I think Pete Carroll wins this game with the Seattle Sea Chickens. Moving on to the first game at noon on Sunday. And this game is really difficult to pick for me. It is the 7-1 Minnesota Vikings traveling to the 6-2 Buffalo Bills. And it's the Vikings, like we've talked about it for weeks now, that we think that their record is a sham, but they keep on winning. They're at 7-1, and and I guess when it starts to get to the point where you have to say that a good team wins no matter what. I mean, I they're better than the Packers, that's for sure. They're, they're better than every team in the NFC North. That is a fact. They're going to win that division. They pretty much already have won that division. It's just like, I just feel like there's been some games this year where like last week against the Commanders, they had to like come back in the last two minutes to win that game. The week before, they almost lost the, like we've been calling them to lose for the last several weeks. They just don't do it. And then the Bills, like what happened to them is exactly what I said was going to happen if they didn't take the Jets seriously because Jets are scrappy. The Jets are a good team. Like I'm officially putting the diesel stamp on the Jets are a good team and Robert Sala is like a good coach, like at least for getting them prepared to play. Because on paper, they shouldn't be as good as they are, but that's that's what happens when you have a good coaching staff and get your team fired up. Like, you can make mediocre players look better. It's like you give them a little boost. Chemistry, you know, baby. But, the Jets yeah. are winning on chemistry right now. And once again, they're also on bye this week, so having a little Jets talk is fine. This, this game, or these two teams, the Bills and the Vikings, last week, both of us called exactly what was going to happen in both of their games. You said the exact thing about the Bills. Like, if you mess around with the Jets, they will come back and make you pay for it every time. And I said that the Commanders would be winning that game, and then Harrison Effin Smith, the man who I swear has a horseshoe somewhere implanted up his asshole, because... Every interception he has, and I, I guarantee, go back and look at them all. They're never, like, great picks or anything like that. It is always that the quarterback is looks like he's throwing him the ball. I don't understand how it happens so many times. He literally just, like, miraculously is always in the exact right spot on a misthrown ball. I swear he has a horseshoe up his ass. But I said he would make that fourth quarter pick, and then the Vikings would drive a dagger into my heart, which they did. I mean, I know we're not talking about Washington technically right now, but, like, how did Curtis Samuel, like, score a touchdown on that play? Like, with those, like, guys right there, how did he roll in there and not get touched? Like, and running into the referee before that, like, yeah, that was that was a crazy play. Wild day of Sunday football, for sure, folks. But back to the Vikings and Bills, it's got to happen. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have any, like, good – feelings about this game and once again i what's the line on it i'm sorry uh the bills are favored by six and a half oh, i don't like that i don't like that <laughs> it's at too all. much it's too much i don't like this game at all because once again this is another one of those games just like last week with the panthers and bengals game where this could be a complete blowout in either form like either team could blow out the other one by some weird things happening or this could be a 19 to 16 game I am staying the F away from this game, but the Vikings have to lose. They can't go to 8-1, right, folks? Like, it can't happen. It legitimately can't happen. Like, the universe might end if they go to 8-1. I'm, I'm taking the Bills. I just, to save the universe itself, I'm taking the Bills. So, while you were talking, I've been thinking, and some of the things that I said 
when I opened up with the uh, Vikings and the Bills were about good teams find a way to win no matter what. And that's what the Vikings have been doing, even though they've been playing some not so great teams, but I don't know. I feel like the Bills are in this place right now where they're spinning their wheels and they're going to have a little rough patch in the middle of the season that they're going to have to figure out. By the end of the season, they'll be fine. I feel like I don't know. I feel like the like the Packers went in there and played pretty good against the Bills. I mean, for the, the Packers, you know, and I'm going Minnesota. I like I, I did, going Minnesota I because for one, it might help you out. Number two, it might actually put a loss on Minnesota's like record. And if that's the case, I'm going to go Minnesota every week after this. But yeah, I just. I don't know. I've been picking against them so much. I think it's time that maybe I picked them to win because they just keep on winning. So I'm going with Minnesota. That's the only thing. I just feel like Buffalo is spinning its tires. Yeah. I mean, as the old quote goes, you are what your record is. And by that logic, Minnesota Vikings are the second best team in the entire NFL. They're the only other one. They're the only one loss team. The only team that's technically better is the Eagles who are undefeated. Minnesota. Yeah, their That's only loss, one loss is to the undefeated Eagles. Like, I I don't understand it. They do. They just keep finding freaking ways to win. But I got to – I think maybe hopefully this last week the Bills got punched in the face by the Jets, and that makes them figure it out. But you, I could, I could see the Vikings winning this game. So I, I do think that's a good pick, Diesel. This, this Vikings team uh, resembles the 2019 Packers that – there were so many uh, games that year where they won it at the end. They found a way to win at the end. They ended up being 13 and three and like they could have easily been 10 and six or even nine and seven that year. But like they won the close ones. I feel like the Vikings are like that. The Packers made it to the NFC championship that year and then got smoked by uh, San Francisco, but we don't have to talk about that. Um, moving on to the next game, which is the three and six Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to the six and two Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by nine and a half. And I do not see Jacksonville going into Kansas City and beating the Chiefs, even though we talked about it at the beginning. Kansas City played in overtime last week. But Kansas City isn't your normal team. They're different. And Patrick Mahomes is amazing. And I'm going Kansas City. I am also going to go against my rule here and take Kansas City to win this game because I do agree Kansas City is on a different level. But I will say at nine and a half points, this is 100% my silver lock of the week. Boys and girls, if you can get the Jaguars plus a touchdown, hammer the shit out of it. Because I'm telling you, the overtime rule is a real thing. And I do think the Chiefs come out and win this game in the end. But the Jaguars, just like Tennessee, are a rough-and-tumble team that will punch you in the mouth. And with Travis Etienne running like he is, he can pull a Derrick Henry. And I'm going to tell you right now, Trevor Lawrence is, while not the greatest of quarterbacks, leagues and leagues ahead of Malik Willis. And so, while I do think the Chiefs, once again, they find ways to win the game. They are, Patrick Mahomes is a special talent, and I do think the kind of like LeBron comparisons are the greatest comparison because as much as you might hate the man, he's the he was the greatest player in the NBA for two decades. And we gave MVPs to other players just because we got sick of his greatness. And we just, you know, we're so used to it that that's just what it was. Like, that's just who LeBron is. That's who Patrick Mahomes is. As much as I hate to say it as someone who doesn't like the Chiefs, the dude just does things that no other player can do and could be the league MVP every single year without a question. But we just don't give it to him because we all get complacent with his greatness. Like, it just, he's so great that he has to do something 
superlative above greatness to actually get us to look at it. And so, yeah, I think the Chiefs do win this game, but give me those nine and a half points as the silver lock of the week because, yeah, the Jags are going to make it tough on the Chiefs. Okay, moving on to another game at noon. We have – this is going to be a battle for second place in NFC North because – I'm, I'm spoiler alert. I'm not picking the Packers later. Um, what? Yeah. So we have the two and six Detroit Lions traveling to the three and six Chicago Bears. Um, Chicago is favored by three. It's funny to see Chicago favored, but uh, it's against the Lions. I don't know how to feel about this game. Like, I don't know what you want about the Packers, but I still think their defense is still fairly competitive because the lions who have uh average of over 30 points per game could only get 15 against the packers defense um and it seems to be that way with a lot of teams they like are under average when they play the packers defense but this lions defense is the worst in the nfl and the packers can only score nine on them but the bears have been getting better and Justin Fields has been improving. I don't see the Lions going into Chicago and beating the Bears because I don't think they're going to be able to contain Justin Fields. I think that's what it's going to come down to. If they stop Justin Fields, they'll win. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give them the win if they can stop Justin Fields, but I don't think they'll be able to. Uh, what is the over/under on this game, Diesel? What you say? What is the over/under on this game, Diesel? 48 and a half. Boys and girls, bronze lock of the week. You take this over because I don't know which way to go in this game, truthfully. The Bears have become the absolute antithesis of themselves where for decades, for probably since the inception of the Bears, they have not been able to play offense. Like, let's get honest about it, folks. When your greatest quarterback who's ever played on your team has been Jay Cutler... You don't know what offense is, but goddamn have they been able to play defense since they were created. They have had multitudes of great players, great defenses. Even on years that they are a bad team, that defense has always still been great. Now, that defense looks like tissue paper, and that offense is going, I'm going to put up 35 points a game. The Lions have the exact same problem. That their defense looks like tissue paper, except for this last week against the Packers, which I'm gonna I'm gonna guess is an outlier. I don't think that was the real Lions defense, and I don't think we're getting that again. I got this game being 35 to 32, coming down to the final play. I do think Justin Fields gets his win here. He should have got his win last week against Miami. Didn't happen. I think this week they beat the Lions and God, you got to feel for the Lions. That team is like, always feels like it's two great players away from being a Super Bowl contender. And no matter what, they just can't ever get those players. I mean, it doesn't matter. That fan base is going to be happy for the rest of the season. They beat the Packers. That's true. I did text my, my, one of my friends who is from uh, Michigan, who also went to Michigan State University. So his fantasy team won. MSU won in an upset, and the Lions won in an upset, and I just texted him to make sure he didn't die, because I was like, are you used to this much happiness? And he said he wasn't. But, so, shout out to you, Steve. I'm glad you had a good weekend. The next game on Sunday at noon is the 3-5 and five Cleveland Browns traveling to the 6-3 and three Miami Dolphins. Miami is favored by four. And I just want to remind you, you've already used up your gold, silver, and bronze, and those are the only ones that I will uh, count. count. I don't, I don't know what the word I was looking for, but uh, so anything else is non-sanctioned. So you do what you will with them, but the only ones that count are the gold, silver, and bronze. So you're done for the day for me. But anyways, I don't like the Browns in this game. I like Tua a lot. And nobody's been able to contain Waddle and Hill. And the 
I think the Dolphins have upgraded at running back because Mostert is already a great running back. And then, as you can see, Jeff Wilson on Sunday had that really big run for a touchdown. So they got a one-two punch in the backfield now. I like Miami. I'm going with Miami in this game. I've gone back and forth on this game in the ways that I think about it. Because, A, I agree with you. No one has been able to contain Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. They are breaking records left and right. Tyreek Hill has the most reception yards through the first nine or ten games or whatever it is of any player in the Super Bowl era. And, yeah, Jeff Wilson and Mostert in the backfield with Tua. That is an offense that is cooking. But once again, that defense is tissue paper. And Justin Fields just lit them up. And don't get me wrong. I don't think the Browns' offense is that great. But the Browns could do something that the Bears couldn't do. And that's control the clock with a Nick Chubb-led offense where they can just grind you down. And while I think that Hill and Waddle will both get their yards and maybe a touchdown, you know, the best defense to a great offense is not letting them on the field. I got the Browns in this game. And as a bonus lock, this is a great line to get some points on. Browns coming off their bye. That Browns defense is solid. I think they could do it this week. And I could, if you can get a good money line on it, take the money line. Because I can see the Browns winning outright. So that's why I'm picking them. I, don't, I think you're overlooking the fact that the Browns control the clock up until about five minutes left in the game. And then every time they stop giving the ball to Chubb and they rely on Brissett and they shoot themselves in the foot every time. And the team that's been the best at taking advantage of stuff like that this season is the Dolphins. I, I don't know what the final score is going to be. I do think it will be a one-possession game. That's why I like the Dolphins. I just, I don't know. The Browns just keep on shooting themselves in the foot. And it's the story of their franchise, basically. But that is Sunday at noon. Another game Sunday at noon is the 3-5 and five Denver Broncos going to the 5-3 and three Tennessee Titans. The Titans are favored by three. Played in overtime last week. Denver also is coming off their bye. Uh, hopefully Russell Wilson has been doing those high knees because that's how they beat Jacksonville in London. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Tennessee could have beat the Chiefs last week. They could have if they would have gave Derrick Henry the ball in the second half. He dominated that first half. Two touchdowns. And then in the second half, they decided we're just going to throw the ball. And they just kept on throwing the ball. It's like, you have Derrick freaking Henry. You're playing the Chiefs. Like, there's playoff implications for this game. You win this game, you have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. And that could be a big deal come January. Um, whether you play in... I mean, both places can get pretty chilly. But I wouldn't want to play in Kansas City in January because it's so loud there. So, it's just... I feel like they really messed up their game by not giving the ball to Derrick Henry. I don't like the I don't like Denver. I'm not sold on Tennessee either. I don't know where to go with this game. What are your thoughts on this game? Okay. Well, by my own rules, there's no way in hell I'm not taking Denver in this game. They're coming off their bye A and Tennessee just lost in an overtime game. I'm taking Denver all day every day. Bonus lock of another bonus lock, whatever. If you're getting points on Denver Take it because Tennessee, once again, they're a sham, folks. Yes, they just played Kansas City really tough, but they always play Kansas City really tough. It's one of those one of those weird things where I don't know why, but it was, I think, two, maybe it was probably two years ago at this point when Kansas City was rolling and Tennessee was absolutely one of the worst teams in the NFL. Tennessee went into Kansas City and won the game. I remember it. Because I was in a survivor pool, and it was about week 12 or 13, and I was one of the last few people remaining, and I was like, yes, I had held on to Kansas City all year, and I was like, Kansas City versus Tennessee, lock of the year right here, and Kansas City lost on a last-second field goal. 
Because Tennessee always plays Kansas City rough. Broncos are going to demolish Tennessee. I do think Derrick Henry will get his yards as he does. But I can see... Once again, I don't think Russell Wilson has much left in the tank. I don't think he... I think he's mostly washed. But as we saw with Matt Ryan that one game, you can you can get it up for one, you know, good encounter every once in a while. I think Russell Wilson gets it up, and I got the Broncos by a lot. You just talked me into Tennessee. Like, I know I go against your overtime rule, and it works out for me so well. But... I don't know. I don't like Denver at all. I feel like Tennessee's the better team. I feel like if they would give the ball to Derrick Henry, they will be very successful. But at the same time, I'm not sold on Tennessee. So if Denver did win this game, I guess I wouldn't be shocked. But the main reason I'm taking Tennessee is because you took Denver and I was split on it anyways. So... Big things may be interesting after this week. So next game on Sunday at noon, we see the three and five New Orleans Saints traveling to the two and six Pittsburgh Steelers. New Orleans is favored by two and a half. I kind of feel like this is actually a winnable game for Pittsburgh. But at the same time, they're not very good. I, I don't know where to go with this game either. Uh, I guess there's one thing to say about this week is there's a lot of bad teams playing bad teams and it's really hard to pick. So it makes it a little more interesting uh, on Sunday. So stakes are a little higher that way, especially for these picks. I have no idea where to go with this game. Maybe you can talk me into one of these teams again. But I mean, I'm leaning towards one, but let's see. Let's see what happens. What do you have to say? I am. I do agree. These are both bad teams. But one team's coming off their bye, and one team's playing on a short week. I think Pittsburgh can... This is definitely a very winnable game for Pittsburgh. And I think especially with the rush defense that we just saw from New Orleans, Najee Harris is due a big game. That kid dominated last year and hasn't looked great all year. He's due for a big one. I could see him running for like three touchdowns and like 200 yards against this New Orleans offense and their quarterback not having to do much. And that's what you want from a rookie quarterback is not having to do much for Kenny Pickett. So I got the Steelers here. I think this is one of the best betting weekends where I think this is this is a good chance to win some money here, folks, because there are a lot of bad teams playing other bad teams. So the lines are kind of screwed up because Nobody knows what team is going to show up to play this Sunday. So while I'll be in Jamaica, yeah, that's right. Shout out watching these games. I am definitely going to be putting some money down this weekend because I also, I'm going to take the Steelers this weekend and I might take them straight up money line because you probably get a pretty decent money line on them. But yeah, I'm taking the Steelers. It was leaning towards the Saints. So I'm going to take the Saints. I, I'm i going to make a bold prediction for this game. And I'm going to say that Chris Olave has three touchdowns in this game. Um, he has been on the incline ever since the season started. He is definitely the best rookie receiver this year. I, I don't know. I just have a feeling if he's going to have a big game, Pittsburgh is a team that he could possibly do that against. They have, they have a weak secondary, and I think that, like, if he gets open, he's going to make some plays on Sunday. I'm going to go with New Orleans. That's fair. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. I also could see fun, bold prediction for this game. Neither quarterback passes for more than 200 yards. You can see that and Chris Olave still having uh, three touchdowns. I could see it, too. <laughs> That'd be okay because I'm starting him in fantasy this week because St. Brown has not done good in the last, like, six weeks. So it's like, I got to do something. And I traded away uh, A.J. Brown, and that's uh, looking like that might not have been the greatest decision. But anyways. Hindsight is twenty twenty, baby. Hey, I, I'm 2-0 since trading him away, though. So, I mean, I guess maybe he was the one that was bringing me down. Uh, moving on to the next game on Sunday at noon, we have the 1-6-1 one, one, 
Houston Texans taking on the six and two New York Giants. The Giants are only favored by six and a half. Um, I feel like in a week where I, they've been, uh, the the lines have been a little high for some games. I feel like this one is too low, to be honest with you. I think the Giants easily could win this game by nine. Like, no question at all. Like, I don't think Houston's very good. I think the Giants are good. They're coming off their bye. I think that Saquon Barkley is having a resurgence year. I think Daniel Jones is showing that he's not as bad as everyone thought he was. He might not be where he should have been as highly drafted as he was, but he's definitely the quarterback for this team at this moment. And uh, then you got Brian Dable, who has just been awesome as their head coach. I just I do not see New York losing this game. And they're going to go, and they're going to be 7-2. and two. Um, through week 10, and I would not have guessed that when the season started. Biggest surprise, I think, in the NFL is how good the Giants are. Because I in Jets, yeah, and the Jets. I can't disagree with you about anything. I think the line is so low because while they aren't winning games, this Houston defense has some guys out there who can actually play and they keep scores low. I do think that I'm I'm taking uh, the Giants to win this game. I'm not betting anything on this game, but if I was going to take anything, what's the over-under at? 39 and a half. Oh, that's low. I would. I was going to take the under on this game, but if you get it at 39 and a half, anything below 40, I always take the over. But once again, this isn't even a lock. This is nothing. This is me just being speaking conjectures into the air. I would take the over at 39 and a half. I mean, to play devil's advocate, and if I were to pick Houston, the reason I would say Houston would win that game is because of Pierce. Like, if they can't shut down Pierce, who is uh, a very good rookie running back, that since he's playing for Houston, he is not getting the credit he is due. He has been probably the best rookie running back in the league this year. Oh, yeah. And, like, nobody's talking about him. I feel like that would be the reason New York's going to lose, but I just I don't see it happening. Uh, moving on to another game where I just I don't really care about. Um, but it could be good because of that reason. We have the 3-5-1 Indianapolis Colts. The Jeff Saturday coached Indianapolis Colts versus the 3-5 Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, understandably, are favored by 6. The Raiders have also given up or lost three games where they've had a 17 point lead in their franchise history they've only lost five games where they've led by 17 three of them three of them coming in 2022 which uh not good not good for uh josh mcdaniels and i definitely think that he's gonna be gone at the end of the year i think they'll wait the full season to do it but i think they'll be searching for a coach again this offseason um, they probably should have stuck with Rich Versaccio, but uh, it's here nor there. Um, I don't like this game at all because Indianapolis with the interim coach, uh, Jonathan Taylor is hurt. I don't know if he's playing. They're a backup quarterback. They're just not in good shape at all. But then again, Las Vegas does not know how to hold the lead. They do not know how to play in the second half. It's uh, It's really bad. I got to go with Las Vegas just because of all the things that are going against Indianapolis. But, like, I don't care about this game. Like, it's it's actually sad to see the state of both these teams as how hyped I was for both of them preseason. So, it's, yeah. These were both two dark horse Super Bowl contenders. Like, before the season started, a lot of people were talking about either of these teams coming out of the AFC and surprising some folks. And yeah, to be at week 10 and be able to say that neither of these teams are going to figure into the finality of the season. Like, if either of these teams makes the playoffs, it'll be because something miraculous happens. Because they're both bad. Both bad teams. 
I mean, the only I don't even see Las Vegas making the playoffs. No, I can not with the NFC East doing so well. I mean, Indianapolis. It would have to be a miracle, but like I could see them, like if they went on a run somehow, like Titans are weak. They could win that division somehow still, but yeah, I both well, neither of his teams are going to be playing past week eighteen. So. No. I I got I got Vegas. It makes no sense to me to try and pick Indy. Indy is tanking. Vegas is not good, but Jeff Saturday was just talking a whole bunch of shit about Vegas on ESPN not more than two weeks ago. So they have a whole bunch of bulletin board material. I think they come out and they house the Colts. Once again, just like the Patriots did, the Las Vegas Raiders get the win. Man, looking at this afternoon slate, it's not very good. There's three games. We just did Indianapolis at Las Vegas. The next game at 325 is the three and six Arizona Cardinals traveling to their division rival, the three and five Los Angeles Rams. And I am buying what you are selling on the Rams, Chad. I feel like the defending Super Bowl champions. They are a shell of the team that they were last year. And it's so weird that how that happens. But, I mean, as you can see, they went all in and it worked out for them last year. But they're, they are definitely the risk of going all in is showing uh, after the following season. And you can almost say the same thing about Tampa Bay. They yeah. went all in and it worked out for them. But – Going all in is only short term, and the 49ers are going to find that out next year oh, yeah. as well. Um, but and not going all in might not do anything for either, just like Green Bay. Uh, but we have Arizona at the Rams. I have been down in Arizona all year long. I even picked them to beat the Vikings, which they should have beat the Vikings. It pisses me off still. Um, but yeah, I'm going to even pick Arizona this game because I, I believe what you're selling with the Rams and just, they're trash. They are so bad. And this is going like McVeigh in his career has owned Cliff Kings, Kingsbury when he has been, you know, the court or the coach of the Cardinals, but man, the Rams are, how did they give the ball back to Tampa Bay? There's no way. That any offense in the NFL shouldn't have been able to waste that clock. Tampa Bay did not deserve to win that game, but Tom Brady pulled it out of his butt, and they did, just as much as the Rams lost them that game. Well, I'm buying what you're selling on Arizona, who are also not a good team. This, you're right, is a really bad slate a couple games here. Don't like either of these teams. Staying away from it, but I will take Arizona to win. I guess in a game that I'm glad that I'm going to be in Jamaica for because I'll go to the bar or the pool or something because I'm not watching this. Did you see um, what uh, Jalen Ramsey said after the game about the offense and like totally threw them under the bus? Like he's like, how do you expect us who gave you the game on a silver platter? All you had to do was run out the clock. How do you expect us to go back out there? And then stop Tom Brady. Again. Like we were gassed. We gave everything we had to win you that game. And you, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but like, it's, it is kind of ridiculous. They gave them that game to win. You just had to run out the clock and they couldn't do it. And you never, ever, even in 2022, don't give Tom Brady the ball with a chance to win because he turns that, he turns it on and he oh, did. Yeah. And he came back for the playoffs, apparently. Yeah. Everything that hasn't happened in Tom Brady's career is happening this year. So every weird thing that uh, Tom Brady's ever done, it's going against it. Because he'd never beaten the Rams since he'd been traded to Tampa Bay. Beats the Rams this year. Never lost to Atlanta or Carolina. Did both of those things. And never beat New Orleans in the regular season. And he did that. How many more weird things been, can Tom Brady him, Yeah, but yeah it's, just, it's crazy. But uh, moving on to the next game. America's game of the week. It is the six and two Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, coach Dallas Cowboys, making his return 
to Lambeau Field. It's the three and six Green Bay Packers, and I had this game circled on my calendar like all year round, all year long. But I'm not going to be home to watch it, unfortunately, because I'm going to be out and about doing other things. But it's. I felt differently about this game when the season started and about Mike McCarthy coming back to Lambeau Field and like how much it would suck if Mike McCarthy came back and beat the Packers. But now that they're three and six, riding a five game losing streak, I don't feel as negatively about it if the Dallas Cowboys win and Mike McCarthy beats the Packers. If anything, that's what should happen because Packers don't deserve to beat Mike McCarthy. Like, and Mike McCarthy should be sick to his stomach that this is the team that they're putting in front of him coming back to Lambeau Field. Like, it actually, in a weird way, and I've never been a Mike McCarthy fan. I don't know. This week has like changed my opinion on Mike McCarthy. I don't know why. The way the season is going, the way like I've taken like a step back and looked at like everything, front office, coaching, everything. And even though I never really liked Mike McCarthy, I can see how. He was good for the team for a good period. He won him a Super Bowl, but I don't know. It, and did you see his press conference? Where he cried. Yeah, I did. it's like I like I felt that. Like you know what I mean? Like those were like you don't see that too often. Like he really loved this place, and I hope if I were in the crowd, I would give him a standing ovation. Like. You know, I hope he gets a standing ovation. And I hope when they win this game, he gets a standing ovation. It's I'm picking Dallas. I never ever pick against the Packers, but like just they lost to Detroit. You know, and maybe by picking Green Bay they'll win or picking Dallas, Green Bay will win. And maybe I have that power against Minnesota. In Green Bay, maybe I got to pick Minnesota and pick against Green Bay every week. But, and I could totally see Mike McCarthy, because I watched a bunch of Mike McCarthy coach games. I could see him coming into Lambeau Field and shitting in the bed, because I've seen him do that in so many big games. Um, I don't know. I'm picking Dallas. I'm not even going to talk myself into it this week like I did against the Bills. There's no way the Packers are being Dallas. They're going to have a six game losing streak, and I'm fine. I'm, I've come to peace with it. They're going to get a good draft pick. Hopefully they have another guy making the draft picks next year. But I've come to peace that this season is a wash. I'm going to be able to sit back and watch the playoffs without any pressure. So that will be nice. That's, that's the only nice thing with the Packers not going to the playoffs. It's like you don't have that like anxiety. Like So here it is. I'm going Dallas. I I. I don't need to beat a dead horse or anything like that. I'll just say I'm picking Dallas going away. I don't, I don't have any faith in the Packers to win this game, but I'm not going to be mean about it. And I'm not going to beat a dead horse. So I, all I'm going to say is I'm taking Dallas and I would, I would bet on Dallas covering regardless of the spread. Yeah. That's five and a half. Yeah. I would, I would hammer that. I don't care if it gets up to six and a half. I'm still hammering that spread. It's an over-under of 42-and-a-half. I would take the under in this game because Packers don't score points. Yeah, but Dallas, Dallas might. Will get, Dallas will get 24 to 27 points. Packers will get 10. So that would be 34 to 37 points. I'm taking the under. Eh, that's not a bad bet on that. The only time I've taken the under in a Dallas game, they scored the entire over by themselves against the Bears. So I'm not messing with the over-under of Dallas games. The Packers are like not only are they not good they are injured like they are hurt they don't have a wide receiver anymore like sammy watkins like i don't know why that guy isn't cut i don't care you can pull a guy off the street and he's gonna be better than sammy watkins he can't even run a route like i don't even know why aaron Rodgers was still throwing to him at the end of that game i don't know it's it's a mess and like i'm looking at it like 
I'm trying to be a realist about it, and it's not that bad, okay? There's people out there that are saying it's the end of the world. Like, there's people that are just like, I don't know, man. Like, social media, and I get into it with people all the time, and, like, they're just, just chill out. It's not that bad. We're not going to go back to the 70s and 80s where they go two decades without winning. It might take a couple years, but they'll rebuild again. Like, I have faith that this isn't the end of the Packers franchise. You know, so just chill out. It happens to everybody. Look at look, Patriots, you know. Like, take you're your one, you can... Like, yeah, you can tell me you're going through it right now. You know, is it that bad? No, it's fine. It hurts. Exactly. It hurts when you lose games you shouldn't lose, but you get over it. And, you know, it's just, it's always a silver lining. I keep saying to all the Packers fans at the bar I work, at least you're going to get a good draft pick, and hopefully they'll not waste it on an offensive lineman. You know, just these are the things. I mean, go quarterback or go wide receiver, because I don't think Jordan loves the answer either. But... I don't know. Uh, it's not that bad. That's all I got to say. Uh, there was one other thing that I wanted to say, but I don't remember. But, yeah, it just whatever. It will get better. And I think with, like, getting older, I feel like I've become more a fan of the NFL as a whole. It's just watching the game as a whole that I don't put all my energy into the Packers anymore like I used to. Um like, I mean, five, ten years ago, I would have been irate. I would have had, I would have been saying a lot different things that I'm saying now. I think I've matured and, like, I There'd think that just comes with There'll be a lot more whistles age. in this segment. That's for damn sure. There, But there are a lot of people that are a lot older than me that are not, they're unintelligent. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to take the high road and I'm not going to use any profanity. But there are some people that just do not know what they're talking about and like especially this one guy and i just every time i see i mean i can be a dick too i every time he posts something i just like do a meme or a gif of a troll because that's how i feel that's how i feel about him he hasn't blocked troll. me yet so he <laughs> can't keep getting them troll memes that kind of makes me a troll but i'll allow it i'm not gonna stop you Anyways, we should probably talk about... We have two games left. Let's finish this off. Two games. Sunday night football. We have the 4-4 four and four Los Angeles Chargers traveling over the Bay. I don't know how it works. I don't know my logistics in uh, California. But uh, San Francisco, 4-4. Four and four. They're also 4-4. Four four. The 49ers are favored by 7 which at first when I thought about it, I'm like, oh, that's a lot. But then I remember they have Christian McCaffrey now and the Chargers aren't that great. And they're also injured. Uh, they have no wide receivers left. They have no Austin Eckler and that's it. And Austin Eckler is doing everything that he can. He almost like scored an incredible touchdown on Sunday, but his elbow just barely touched. Like that was, that was pretty crazy. And for the refs to not blow the whistle, that just just shows how inept they are. Like, they couldn't even get that right. Yeah, I won't lie. Watching it alive and seeing it happen, I definitely thought he did score. But the ref who called him not down had a clear vantage point of the elbow going down. So, yeah, we don't have to. I don't need another hour of this podcast because we will talk for an hour about how bad the NFL refs are this year and have been for a while. But, yeah, I got... This is the 49ers game to win. Oh, that was more in jest. I was like, I'm actually happy that the referee didn't blow him dead because they do that too often. And you can always go to a replay and see that his elbow was down. So that's why they have the replay, you know. So I'm glad he didn't blow it dead. Anyways, San Francisco. I got San Francisco. Chargers aren't very good. San Francisco is on the rise. Like, I feel like if any team is going to beat Philadelphia, it's the 49ers. And I would pay to see that matchup. They put that matchup on pay-per-view. I'm buying. Yeah, I've got – that is the NFC Championship game, I really hope. One and two seed in Philadelphia, I would guess. 
and it will be rocking, and it'll be a hell of a game. But yeah, the funny thing 49ers. is, San Francisco is San Francisco is going to get the three seed because Minnesota is going to get the two seed. I mean, even like Minnesota has a three game lead on San Francisco right now, so I mean, it's possible for San Francisco to catch them, but. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think Minnesota is just going to sneak out some games, some more games. They got to play the Packers still. Still got to play the Lions again. Pretty sure they still got to play the Bears again. Yeah, like, that's that's three games right there that they're not losing. Or are they? Well, you'll have to wait till that week, and we'll pick them then. Anyways, uh, we have Monday Night Football, which this one looks like a stinker on paper, but. It might not be because it is a division matchup. And it is the four and five Heineke led Washington Commanders at the eight and zero Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles are favored by eleven, which I would not. Uh, I would not take that because I just feel like it's a division game, and the Eagles have a target on their back. And once you get to like eight and zero, anybody can beat you because all of a sudden you either either are too confident or you're like a little nervous that like you're gonna lose a game. So I mean I'm gonna pick the Eagles in this game just because. But if Washington snuck out a win in this game, I wouldn't be surprised. Like every good team seems to have a bad loss. And it's a division game. I'm picking the Eagles, but I'm only picking them to win by three. And this is where we disagree. I love Taylor Henneke. I really do. Tyler Taylor. Can't even get his name right, but I say I love him. Whatever. He has a legitimate problem with throwing interceptions. And I think this game will be close in the first half. I think it'll be a battle. I think the commies are going to come out swinging and I think it'll take the Eagles a minute to counterpunch but I think once that second half happens, Hennigy just falls apart. He makes some poor decisions and Darius Slay and Robert Quinn and the rest of that Eagles defense is going to eat him alive. I see him throwing at least two interceptions in that second half. Probably both for touchdowns. I think the Eagles cover in this game, but not till close to the end. I think it looks close for a while, and then the Eagles just end up blowing them out in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I got the Eagles going away. And I don't love double-digit points, but for the final bonus lock of the week, get the Eagles. Look at this game the exact same way I looked at the Jets-Bills game last week. I just – I feel like – and it's another team the Packers played. It's another team the Packers lost to. I feel like, see, here's another thing about uh, the Packers that people aren't bringing up. They're losing games, but by one possession. They're in all these games that they're losing for the most part. And they're losing games to scrappy teams like the Giants, Jets, Commanders. I feel like, and even almost losing to the Patriots, another scrappy team. I feel like Washington is scrappy. I don't think they're going to win, but you let them like hold on like the Jets did. They will take advantage of that. And if they if it's a tie game going into the fourth quarter, I would put my money on Washington. I just feel like if they let them hang in there, I think Washington's going to win. And if you give me Washington with the points, I will bet you something. What do you want to bet? 20 bucks? Sure. I'll bet you 20 bucks. If you give me Washington with the points. All right. I'll, I'll take even, the Eagles. I'll even, I'll even go 10 and a half instead of 11. Ooh, so thanks. we don't have a push. All right. I'll, I'll take give it. give you half a point. Uh, this is yeah. clearly 20 ducks because gambling is illegal in most states. So we're not actually betting any money. We have a, clearly both have duck farms. So I'm betting him yeah, 20 yeah, bucks. Yeah. yeah, we've been playing Farmville. So uh, we'll just... Uh, Make our transaction through that. Obviously. But, uh, yeah, so there you have it. We got uh, Washington with 10 and a half points. <laughs> That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. But I'm still I'm happy with my decision. I'm taking the Eagles. All right, well, on that note, 
only team that we really didn't talk about this week is the Patriots. Do you have anything you want to say about the Patriots? Since, Matthew uh, Judon. Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon. NFL Defensive Player of the Year. If Micah Parsons didn't exist, because goddamn, does that man want to win every game? And I just, I just love him. I love him so much. I'm so glad I got a Judon jersey, and he is my favorite Patriot right now. I bet you kind of wish that the NFL was like uh, the MLB with their awards, where they just each league won the award. There yeah, wasn't that'd be nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I agree with you. Like Judon is definitely number two and it's not even close. It's, it's, there's not even a close number three. And that says a lot about Michael Parsons as well, but no. that's another reason the Packers are going to lose. Aaron Rodgers is going to sack 10 times and all by Micah Parsons. But uh, well, I'm definitely starting the Dallas defense in every one of my fantasy leagues this week. Who had the both Easts, AFC and NFC, being the best divisions in each conference this year. Not me. Hey, I said that three teams could make the uh, playoffs from the East because I was high on the Dolphins and the Bills as well. I did not think the Jets would be any good. You didn't believe in Tariq Hill. Seems like I was the only one that believed in Tariq Hill. Everyone's like, oh, he's not with Patrick Mahomes anymore. He's going to be garbage. It's like, what? Why? Like, you just give him the ball and, like, he makes everything else happen. Like, Tariq Hill might be the best receiver of this generation. Yeah. I think if you went back to our VFTR 2.0 early predictions, that we're off on a lot of things. But we're actually pretty right on some others. So, maybe we do know something. Yeah. But I'm going to win 20 ducks from you, and I'm pretty excited about that. I'm sure. I should probably end this show. Uh be sure to uh, tune into this show on YouTube because um, we've uploaded on YouTube. We're also on like podcasting platforms as well. Uh, doing this a little differently this week, I guess. Uh, you can hear us on what? We're, see, now I messed up because I don't even know what we're on. Uh, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, there you go, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podknife, Potable. You can be heard on those networks if you or be heard on our network if you send your podcast into Visionaries Global Network at gmail.com and be sure to look out for uh, Cooper's newest podcast. It should be out soon. Yeah. Cooper's Corner. All about baby stuff. Yeah, so uh on that note, I'm excited for these slate of games. Uh can't wait to see what next week our records are going to be. Looks like we have a difference of four games. So Ooh, hey, I could take the lead. It goes your way. It goes your way. You'll have the lead. So, uh, and we are off next week, folks. So I am yep. sorry. I am on vacation in Jamaica. So Jamaica, I'm going to Jamaica, and it's going to be great. But don't worry, we'll still be making our picks. You guys will just hear about them in a couple weeks. But, yeah, we will be off next week. So, Yeah. So, until then, I have been Diesel. Joining you from Diesel's Dapper Dungeon of Delight. He has been Dadalak Chad joining you from The Cave. And this has been View from the Top of the Goalposts. Now, let's watch some football. Bye. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.